My friends, as we continue our walk through the Holy Triduum, we commemorate today the passion and death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And this year, we are very aware of uh, the crisis afflicting our world and all of those who uh, have lost their lives, all of those who care for the sick and the dying, those who are afraid um, that this illness will afflict them, will afflict their loved ones, um, all those uh, health care workers who are working so tirelessly, those who are uh, concerned about their livelihood, about their jobs, about their uh, economic stability. Uh, we live in a time of incredible uncertainty uh, and even fear and suffering. On this Good Friday, reading the Passion of Our Lord, there's no easy answer to why bad things happen. The, the question of the problem of evil. Why do bad things happen? Sin has been a part of human existence since the time of our first parents, Adam and Eve. And with sin as well, and with the fall of Adam and Eve, entered into the world um, natural evils. And so any natural disasters and um, illnesses, viruses that have the power to um, ravage millions, um, that these entered into the world because of sin. And how does God save us from sin? What's the plan? Well, just snap fingers and it goes away. No. I mean, as much as maybe even we want that to be the case, I want that to be the case. Like I'm, and I'm still very open to an Easter miracle that uh, this illness could be just wiped out. Snap fingers, go away. It's totally possible. It's entirely within the power of Almighty God. But that's not normally how God addresses sin and illness, suffering. Rather, what does our Lord do? He enters into our sickness. He enters into our suffering. He enters into the brokenness, and he is there with us. Rather than just snapping his fingers and taking these things away, which our Lord has full power to do at the very beginning of the Passion, they go out to arrest him, and they bring lanterns, torches, and weapons, as if that's going to do a lot of good when you try to go arrest Almighty God, right? A few lanterns and torches and weapons. Um, but they go out to arrest him. And our Lord approaches and says, who are you looking for? Jesus the Nazarene. He says, I am. And they crash to the ground. It just shows that our Lord at any moment can pull the plug on all of this. An interesting theological point. He being God is holding in existence the very ones who are crucifying him. He could just stop and they would stop existing. But he even holds them in existence. And he suffers with us. This is the reality of Good Friday. Our God suffers with us. I don't know why everything that's happening in the world is happening. I don't know why it's happening now. What I do know is that our Lord suffers with us. In the sickness. In the death of loved ones. In our own death should the moment come to us in the uncertainty, in the betrayal, in the isolation. Our Lord suffers with us.
God entered into creation. So then suffering can become a path for holiness. He makes the cross the path of holiness. If we embrace the cross, then that becomes the path of holiness. He turns something that seems totally meaningless. It's senseless. Why is this happening? But if we enter into it with him, if we willingly undergo this trial, then he turns that into a path by which we can be made holy. Because death is not the final enemy. In this time, so many in our world, and each of us should be very aware of our own mortality, the very real possibility that any one of us um, could get sick and die, um, and that so many already have, and uh, the number shows so many more will. But this is not something of which Christians should be afraid, because Jesus Christ today defeated death. He defeated death. It has no more power, no more sting. Our Lord has turned even death, that final enemy, into a path to victory. At the end of the reading, I don't know about you, but just reading it, um, I got a little shivers um, because we know that the end of this reading sets the scene for what we'll celebrate tomorrow night. Now in the place where he had been crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden, a new tomb, which no one had yet been buried. And so they laid Jesus there because it was the preparation day and the tomb was closed. We know what's coming. We know what we're going to read tomorrow night. or We're going to celebrate on Sunday morning. We know what's coming. We have hope. We, unlike, unfortunately, so many people going through this crisis throughout the world, may be going through it with no hope. We have hope because of our God, because of our Lord, who suffered with us, who suffered for us. We know that in the place where he'd been crucified, there was a garden and the garden of the tomb. And in that tomb, just over 24 hours or 28 hours from now when we celebrate it, in that tomb takes place the resurrection. We don't end today. This isn't the end of our story. We're rather tomorrow we will celebrate the resurrection. Tomorrow night, after the sun goes down, we will celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. For now, we're left with silence. We depart the ceremony today after the conclusion of all the rest of the rituals. We depart in silence. Our churches stay in silence. Well, Mark's tonight and tomorrow morning is silence. There's a bit of uncertainty, maybe. But we know that this period eventually gives way to rejoicing. And so if in our own lives we are suffering, we're afraid, we have uncertainty, we find ourselves isolated, we're worried, if we've experienced the death of a loved one, if we're worried about our own death, our Lord has turned all of this into a path of holiness. When he opens his arms on the cross, he opens his arms for us to enter into his beloved wounds, to find in him the source of all comfort. Earthly comforts, they can come and go. The whole world order could be shaken up in less than 100 days. But our Lord offers us true order. He offers us true peace. We don't end our prayers with Good Friday. Death is never the end. It doesn't get the last word.
Our Lord defeats death. And so tonight we enter into this time of prayer with him, this time of silence. We embrace his cross and the cross that each of us is bearing in our own lives. And in that cross, the holy cross, which we'll adore in this liturgy, we find the path of redemption and salvation.